0: Thursday on 1460, KXNO continues as we go north to Whiskey River and Ankeny for the Cyclone Fanatic
1: Radio Show presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. And now,
0: here are your hosts, Jared Stansberry and Brent Bloom.
2: Yo, it's time for another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. I'm Jared Stansberry. joined... By Brent Bloom for the first time I'm here. in like six months. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Roughly, we won't be uh, joined by Tim Mullen. Uh, Tim is Tim is ill. I, I'm not sure. I, I actually think that maybe he just doesn't want to face Brent Bloom today. Uh, but the, he he said told Chris uh, Williams he has food poisoning. So hope Tim well, starts feeling better soon.
3: Tim is also a Braves fan. I'm not gonna rub it in today. It was painful enough.
2: We'll be joined by Chris Williams a little bit later on in mean, the they, show. When when they drop it into Williams,
3: well, the drop third into, strike, and the guy got on. Man, it was that was. It's one of those. It's kind of like the Monroe game in the second half. You're like, all right, yeah. game's over. Let's, yeah. just, let's just move on. here.
2: The, the only difference is that that was in the second half, and that was in the, in the first, first inning.
3: inning. Yeah, like we got any more of these. Yeah. It, Did you hear the St. Louis manager after the game? Yeah, the, that the speech you gave much. in the locker room? That
4: I, yeah. Cardinal Way.
3: I
2: hadn't heard Mike Schilt talk like that in a while. No. Point. He said some stuff like that after the season, though.
3: Like after yeah. they clinched the it, division. As somebody said, which I thought was great on Twitter, it felt like Mike Schilt was learning to swear for the first time <laughs> during that speech. <laughs> It wasn't, He's like a, it wasn't smooth. It's like a fifth grader that just yeah. learned the F word. Yeah, so we're gonna use at, it. And now he uses the F word yeah, with every yeah.
2: in every sentence. Right. Yeah. No, that was uh, that was, it was something else. But I was listening to Mike Shannon and John Rooney, and in the first half, it's or in the first inning, I listened to like the last out of the first inning or something like yeah. that on the radio. They could not contain their giddiness. Like Mike no. Shannon was just on cloud nine. Right.
3: I. And again, I after when it was. 7 nothing. like, all right. Game's pretty much... pretty much, And they just kept going. Yeah. Like, all right. Just hold the horses. Talking here about the some Cardinals
2: baseball on, yeah. the, on Des Moines' I'll, home I'll, of the Cardinals. On well, I'll North watch game one CC's of the cake, you
3: know? NLCS tomorrow night in Morgantown. Can't wait. Are you excited to go to Morgantown? I am. Chris I, loves Morgantown. You, he's got an
2: eggplant emoji no, from Morgantown well, right it, now.
3: I think everybody should. It's so much different, like Chris likes to talk about. It's It's a fun place to go, and they care. You know, honestly... Some of these places, I, we're spoiled a little bit, Names. If you go to places like Waco or Fort Worth, they care about football, sure, but it's not it's not a, a destination on a weekend. Um, even, I mean, Kansas is Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but West Virginia cares. And the, their students are on fall break, which will be interesting, so we'll see how that impacts, impacts things. But it's always a really good, lively environment there, and it's fun. Like You go there, they're nice, so it's not like some places we go. But you still feel like it's you against yeah. the seventy-five thousand people that are there, and that makes for an enjoyable road atmosphere. That's the way it should be. It's clean. It's fun. It's not dirty, but it's also you know, it's you know, they care about their mountaineers, and you're the enemy for that weekend. So it makes for a fun place to go. And it's and then the the geographical changes are different. Like yeah. you you go to Manhattan, you go to Lawrence, you go to even Texas for a large part. It's it's not totally different from Iowa but Morgantown's radically different they're called the mountaineers for a reason so it's a it's it's a fun change of pace it's
2: interesting to me because when people talk about big twelve teams a lot of times they you know they mention as Ames kind of being in the middle of nowhere yeah but you're still thirty minutes from Des Moines if sure. you go to if you go to Morgantown even if you go to Manhattan you could if you could Drive like five minutes away from well, Bill, Bill Snyder Family Stadium in Manhattan, Kansas, and you are in the yeah, literal the, middle of nowhere. Yeah. And places where you don't get cell reception, there's no houses, there's <laughs> and, nothing.
3: And then, and then Lubbock's the perfect example. Yeah. The, the old joke about Lubbock whenever we fly in into there is, well, if you miss your, your runway, you're okay. <laughs> it's so flat, and there's nothing around there. Um, but yeah, I mean Ames gets a bad rap because it's the northernmost outpost. Yeah. It's usually cold for the the opposing team, and quite honestly, there's not a whole lot to Ames. It is what it is. But Ames is very Ames is very similar to Stillwater in Manhattan from an actual town, town standpoint. standpoint. Yeah, but you're right. You get out of Manhattan, there's it's an hour from what an hour and a half from Kansas City. The nice thing for West Virginia, honestly, for folks, if you ever want to go out there, and think, well, there's no way I'm gonna make it to Morgantown. It's only an hour south of Pittsburgh. So you can fly to Pittsburgh and drive down it's a pretty easy trip now um, it's it's an adventurous trip yeah. in the mountains but it's only an hour so that,
2: that's one that Travis Hines and Randy Peterson always talk about yeah' uh, so those during guys, basketball season when it's middle of February and you're driving it, from Morgantown it, to it's, Pittsburgh yeah
3: you drive in the mountains in the middle of February is different but it's only an hour when when the weather's okay yeah um, I, I would say they'll actually not fly into Morgantown they'll fly into a town about thirty miles south of there. Not that it matters to anybody, because literally, there is not a runway flat enough in Morgantown to land a big jet. So that's crazy. You have to fly to a, the airport's like thirty minutes south. That's flat enough to land these things, and so it, it makes for a little extra interest in travel. But it's it's so different. It's like uh, it's like San Francisco in a way. It's so hilly and and all this stuff, but it's so old too. It's it's just a fun. It's a fun place to go watch games. game. It feels like you're transporting back in time a little bit.
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. When I think of Morgantown, West Virginia, there's nothing else that comes to my mind quicker than San Francisco,
3: California. <laughs> well, <I> mean, from, <laughs> Hill, hills hills, and Huggins. Hills and Huggins. And they sell hey, beer. Hey, I guess that might be kind of true. And they but, sell beer. Yeah.
2: Fair enough. I, I, I'm i sure that put it on anybody your list, going people. to... Yeah, put it on your list. Put it on your list. That's, that's okay. I just hope that everybody handles themselves professionally in the stands on Saturday. So the story,
3: did you? Yes, I saw the story. Today, now they're kind
2: of snapping. Donahue, the West Virginia linebacker, I think, was was talking about how he wanted to take it to Iowa State because of the way the game ended last year.
3: and we all work in the media, that felt like a a narrative. The writer wanted to advance and tried to find somebody to fit in this little story. Where the linebacker almost seemed, I don't know what the word is, like, Cautious to even go there, but he yeah. kind of went there because he's probably led there. And he's like, "Oh, but no, the the players are great. The Iowa players are nice." So yeah, I don't know. I think it's a non. Last last year's incident, quote incident, unquote, quote
2: unquote, is yeah.
3: a non a non factor. Dana's gone. I'm just
2: hopeful that everyone can get out of this game without any reprimands. <laughs> yeah, no re- we don't need no any reprimands. more public reprimands. Although. We would like to make another publicly reprimanded shirt. I'm sure that if we if we could do that, we
3: would take advantage. I think you should. If anybody has those, you got to wear them on Saturday. Oh yeah, perhaps if, to the game watch. I would say
2: if you're coming to the Cyclone Fanatic game watch here at Whiskey River in Ankeny, the home of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show, wear your publicly reprimanded shirt. Maybe we could pull some more strings and uh, see if we could uh, get you maybe a couple extra apple pie shots. If you won't if already have enough, if, if the Cyclones don't. Uh, score like seven touchdowns, well, and everybody's eight shots deep at that point. Is it for every touchdown?
3: Yes. I mean, this is a little of a loose defense being played on Saturday. So, yeah, they, West Virginia's, they've got guys. I just don't know if the guys all know where they're going right now. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll see.
2: I think the thing that I left the game on Saturday against TCU thinking is in this time that Iowa State has really, you know. Has surged here over the last several years. That might have been as just purely a impressive of a, profo- a yeah. performance yep. where they're they're all areas completely dominating another team. A good team. That, a good team it, that someone that was expected to go toe to toe with them. Yep. You know, a lot of the times where we've seen them really beat up on somebody, it's Kansas. It's you Monroe. know M- Louisiana Monroe, Northern Iowa, two years ago, like teams like that really where you. You kind of expected them to do that going into the game. This one, I thought that they were going to lose. And for them to come out and play the way that they did, that's where that's where I kind of sat back and I was like, man, these, like, these guys really might be what they what we thought they could be uh, in the offseason.
3: Well, and I think it's just the depth, right? So you lose your – and Chris, I listened to the thesis on my way down, and well done as always um, with the veteran presence of Rob Gray added. But made a great point. It's like you lose your all-time career sack leader in Jaquan Bailey, and it's like – Oh well. Yeah. I mean Peterson was great and it felt like to me and they took a little bit of a nap in the third quarter I thought that but the defense looked a lot like last year's defense, were a little more aggressive, um, got after Duggan and made life chaotic for TCU and that's what they need and then the offense is so much better than last year. And, and you know, we heard it. Well, yeah, you don't have you don't have thirty two, you don't have Hakeem there. Good luck. But it's like and this it's no longer a statistical anomaly—the Monroe game, or you know what Iowa State did early in the season. That was a good defense that Iowa State made look really silly. Yeah. I mean, you get seven and a half, whatever it was, yards per play against that—that's impressive. So that is, as Chris said in the thesis, again, agree—it's sustainable. Brock Purdy is—I mean, I don't think he's getting enough credit right now. Sure, Iowa State fans appreciate the guy, but the numbers he's putting up, the way he's doing it. This guy's top ten quarterback in the nation right now. Like it's not it's impossible to dispute. And yet sometimes I think we, we give him more criticism than he deserves. He's been so good and this mm-hmm. offense is so good right now, thanks and largely because of number fifteen, that this thing can keep going. Like they've got guys everywhere and yeah, they've you you haven't heard from the same guys every week. I mean, deshante has been really good all year. The running back situation is still unclear, and yet this offense has been great and I think When they clear the lineup, and it sounds like you know maybe maybe not Newell on Saturday, but at this point that line's been so was been good except for the Baylor game. I'm just super excited for not only the rest of this year, but you've got two and a half years of Brock Purdy left. Like this guy, this guy's gonna be an all-timer. He really is. He's he is destined to be an all-timer at Iowa State, and I don't see there's any reason why he can't continue. Now it's gonna be hard to keep elevating when you're already an elite level quarterback to keep raising the bar, but. He has been so impressive, and when he's at the helm, I, the future is so bright. So bright for Iowa State.
2: Well, and the thing that, that I was thinking about the other day is that when you think back two years ago, where at this time, Iowa State's offense was playing relatively well once Kyle Kemp came in to yes. be the starting quarterback. And I, th- yeah. I remember thinking back then, and that was really the first time that I had thought with, the Iowa, with Iowa State, where every time they got the ball, you reasonably thought they could go and score a touchdown. And I mean Christian Rob and I were talking about this in the office today that man, think about like in wow, two thousand fourteen, I think the year that they went two and ten, where yeah. that defense yeah. was not by no means was it a good defense, it but not. it was not terrible. You know, like it, it could get you some stops, they'd force some turnovers every once in a while, okay. but when the offense would get the ball they go three and out so fast; yeah. it didn't even matter. I mean, it was like yeah. every time they got the ball, it's like, well, it doesn't even matter because they're going to go three and out. And, <laughs> and the then best defense
3: it, eventually gives up.
2: Yeah, it's like and the best they're ever going to do anyway is probably go and kick a field goal. You know, yep. So that's now. I think about this, and it's like every time they get the ball, I expect them to go and get the, to go and score a touchdown. Not you know, hope that there's this reasonable idea that they could go and score a touchdown.
3: And I think it got. Misconstrued a little bit. So for three, four games there, they were getting that hitting that wall at the thirty, thirty-five yard line, and it continued into the Baylor game. But once they got past her, they've been scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not a red zone problem. It's like a, it was a weird like ten yard problem there.
2: They're like twenty-two or twenty-three in the
3: red yeah, zone. Yeah, I mean, and it have been awesome once they got yeah. there. So I, I think they get, they can do it now for whatever reason. It's been those ten yards have been an issue. I think they get over that, I and mean, it showed. The, the offense that, that played against TCU is what I think this can be the rest of the year. Now, 49 points per game, probably not. But there's no reason why this offense can't average 30-35 the rest of the way. Yeah. So you do that with the defense that played so much better last week. I think the corners still have a little bit of work to do. We'll see if Eisworth can go. Saturday, I hope he can. But And, and then the, the other part about this is that gets lost. Because there's enough depth defensively and with some of these other positions, you can allow some of your really good players to play special teams. Mm-hmm. So, like, look at Landon Acres last week, who's getting pressure on a on a punt block. He's going to block a punt. He, they will block a punt before this year is <laughs> over. So, you get that, and it's just depth on depth on depth that really helps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would
2: like your perspective because I think you bring a different perspective than... I do, maybe even what Chris does a little bit, just having been around Iowa State football for sure. so long. Has there been a guy that is as dynamic, just with outside of maybe the stretch that Seneca had there at the beginning of the 2002
3: yeah, season? Yeah, he was good for two years. A- and yeah.
2: that, I mean, has there been a guy that for 13, 14 straight games no. is, has been so consistently dynamic like Brock has? No.
3: No. I mean, Seneca is the comparison. Yeah. So he was. You look at his numbers in it's 2001. Different, it's different. Just because different of offense,
2: different offense. I think Brock's probably got better playmakers around him. Correct.
3: You put, I mean, honestly, you put Seneca in modern college football. It's like, whoa. Yeah. With what that guy could do, I mean, Seneca. That I mean that's a whole other conversation because not only was it's that a guy. summer
2: series conversation. Well, he
3: really. So that guy was an athlete. Like we know he could run. We saw the Texas Tech run. Look at the. By the way, Google or YouTube the Nebraska run in 2001. It was almost as good. It just didn't get the national notoriety because I don't know if that game was it was a laugher at that point and it didn't um, it didn't get national status. But Seneca is also really accurate, and this is where Brock Purdy is special. It's he's a good athlete. I don't think he's dynamic. Now he did the you know the juicy wiggle move. That's yeah, been, been the limp leg, the limp, the limp leg <laughs> hesitation.
2: Uh, he told me on uh, told me on Tuesday. I uh, learned that from David Montgomery. Okay,
3: there you go. So he, he's got a little bit to him. But what makes him special, I think, is the the knowledge of what's going to happen in the pre-snap stuff and then also just being very accurate. Mm-hmm. And then look how much his receivers have helped him out, too. So, listen, I love Alan Lazard. I love Hakeem Butler. Those guys drop some balls. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State's now top 15 in the nation in, in catch percentage. So they're getting guys like Deshante, guys like Tariq Milton. The tight ends are catching everything that's really in their area, which has really helped – to not stall out some of these drives as well. and But no, long story short, to answer your question, it, it is really, for me, yeah, I, Sage is great. Sage is an NFL quarterback. I don't know if Brock's a high-level NFL quarterback. I don't know if he's an NFL quarterback. for At this level, for his 13, 14 games he's played, there's not a match. It's Seneca and Brock. It's That's it. And the fact that you get this guy for another seven games this year plus a bowl game and then two more years after that, it's like, I, what is the sky mm-hmm. for this guy? What, what what is it? Because he's already putting up astronomical numbers.
2: Yeah, well, and that's what I was exactly gonna say. If if they were five and zero right now, three points away from being five and zero, he's he might not be in that top five with those guys because all the uh, of the Heisman yeah, conversation. Heisman guys, but yeah. because they had the they had all, all the buzz going in, sure. season, the Tuas, the Trevor Lawrence's, the guys like that, uh, Jonathan Taylor. You know, the, they had so much buzz going in already. But if he continues at the pace that he's at right now and the season continues at the trajectory it could be on, he goes into next year in that top group, I think, in Vegas well, in, of being a Heisman potential
3: well, candidate. And look at, just look at total offense. So he's what, fifth right now? Yeah, fifth. And, and it's, yeah. look who's above him. It's a who's who. So it's elite company. Uh, I think the line's getting better. I think the skill guys are getting better by the game. Obviously, yeah, you look you look Your, you know, junior year, senior year for Brock. Um, some of those guys will be back. You will lose it to Jones next year and whatnot, but But then Tariq will be another yeah, year I better. Mean, just,
2: I mean Sean Shaw, I think we've seen how good he can be. Joe I, Skates made a nice I, play on Saturday. I've been All so those Im- tight ends.
3: I've been so impressed by a couple of things. One, Brock's play. But it seems like the scheme has been fit really well for him. Yeah. I mean you know, in the past couple of years it, you haven't necessarily seen the scheme lead to points it's just been individual talent that led to points now you're getting guys open because of what's happening like you you have got guys just complete like look at the Kohler touchdown last week yeah. good example that guy there's nobody within wherever from him 10 yards I mean yeah. it's just you've got now talent and scheme matched up i think Tom Manning he got some heat early in the season uh, specifically specifically after the Iowa game, but I thought I think he's he's done a really, really good job mm-hmm. with the system. And just look at Iowa State's numbers. It's it's off the charts good and I mean there's not defenses in the Big Twelve that are I think gonna really limit them. They're gonna continue to put up numbers. My biggest question you know, can those young corners yeah can that defensive line keep getting pressure and if that's the case Iowa State's one on one of the Big twelve. I'm not putting anything off the table right now because really, what would flip this? Sure, you lost a a game to Baylor. Wish you had that back. But let's say November comes around, you beat Texas. I think you're back in that same conversation again.
2: I was just going to say that if anybody's looking to or wondering who they should be rooting for in the Red River Shootout on Saturday, I I would would say that it's it's probably the yeah, probably the Crimson and
3: Cream. And I think that's that's the fun part is Iowa State's now. So yeah, got some pub preseason top 25 they kind of fell off the radar which is okay but you're right back in it you're one and one um no one's going unscathed in the big 12 other than oklahoma and let's just see where the chips fall and i think everything's still on the table here
2: yeah definitely all right we'll talk more iowa state football when we come back on the cyclone fanatic radio show presented by nebraska furniture martin clive joined by chris williams here on des moines sports station 1460 KXNO.
0: Hey, Fanatics, it's Chris Williams here wanting to tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart. Did you know they moved into that new location? It's located at 156 in Hickman, still in Clive. What does this mean for you? Well, there's a beautiful new showroom. It's got all of your appliances, your audio and video needs, flooring needs, top-of-the-line appliances. I actually, wife and I bought a couple of those LG washer and dryers from there. We love them. They did our floor lowest price in town guaranteed they've doubled their warehouse capacity that means more in-stock items than ever come out and see the store in Clive meet with their highly trained and friendly sales staff whether you're updating your current home building a new one Nebraska Furniture Mart has what you're looking for head on out see my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive you'll be very happy that you did. Hi Cyclone fans, this is Dr. Brian
4: Warmey, board certified and sports fellowship trained orthopedic sports medicine physician and surgeon at McFarland Clinic in Ames. As an official team physician for the Iowa State Cyclones, I really enjoy the opportunity to work with athletes here in my hometown. My colleagues Dr. Buck, Dr. Greenwald, and I provide specialized orthopedic care to patients of all levels, including sports injury evaluation and treatment, arthroscopy, surgery, stem cells, and PRP treatment. Don't let your injury keep you out of your game. Learn more at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com Go Cyclones!
0: Cyclone Fanatics, the job world, is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com
1: the ideal way to make your tailgating spread the envy of the neighborhood or parking lot is with Fairway. They have the best selection of fresh, hand-cut meats as well as all the fixings. Preparation is the key to a winning season and there's no better way to get prepared than Fairway. Hey guys,
0: it's Williams here for Des Moines Eye Care and Ames Eye Care. I care for the entire family conveniently located throughout Central Iowa. I've been up to Ames Eye Care a couple of times now. I see Dr. Kruger. You've all heard me tell you about how he looked at me for like 30 minutes Actually it didn't even take that long And he's like, dude, I know why you're having headaches It's because you stare at your computer For 15 hours a day Wear these glasses, it'll help And it has, actually it's completely changed my life now, I'm a dad, got a four-year-old, she's got some eye problems herself, and you know where I'm going to take her? Yeah, that's right, Ames Eye Care, Des Moines Eye Care, Family Eye Care, they can help you guys too. Check them out today, DesMoinesEyeCare.com, AmesEyeCare.com, and tell them Cyclone Fanatic
2: sent you. For the second straight year, Whiskey River, located in Ankeny's Prairie Trail District, is the home of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show for the Iowa State Athletic season. Whether it's a Saturday night out with the bros or lunch with the family, Whiskey River and Ankeny's great food, drinks, and friendly service makes it the perfect spot for any occasion. Whiskey River's wall-to-wall TVs make it the perfect place to watch football, baseball, and every sport in between. Plus, you can always join the Cyclone Fanatics staff to talk cyclone sports on Thursday nights from 6 to 7 at Whiskey River in Ankeny. Hey guys, it's
0: Williams here for the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. This is not just a standard like, oh, I'm going to endorse the Iowa Clinic. No, this is real. I've gone to the Iowa Clinic now for... Well, basically, since I moved up here, so we're pushing a decade now, Dr. Nicholson in Ankeny is my go-to guy, but I've also had other stuff, you know, specialists I have to go to, all that stuff, and you know why I need to go see the specialist? because I'm a man, and I go to the doctor because I want to be there for my two little girls, I want to be able to walk them down the aisle, I want to be there to hold their babies and be a grandpa someday, be a man, go to the doctor, iowaclinic.com tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you their way. It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve
2: pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year round. So you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season, whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs or chops. Nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa pork producers through the pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Bands make make dance. Welcome back to dance, the Cyclone fanatic, fanatic Radio Show, presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart. 5.
1: make her dance. dance. dance, are make her DJ dance.
2: here on the Cyclone popping, Fanatic pop. Radio Program, live from Whiskey River in 18 chairs Stansberry and Brent Bloom. Joined now by Chris Williams. What's up, Chris? So what up? Are you ready to go up to Ames? To the docs at the McFarland Clinic?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. Who do we have tonight?
2: Got Dr. Warmey on the phone. What's up, Doc? My man, Dr. Warmey. What up, man? How are we doing, guys?
4: I uh, am just driving from Anthony to Ames. I swung by the Cyclone Wrestling Regional Training Center event. Big big turnout. So shout out to Coach Dresser and the guys.
0: I heard about that. I I heard a lot of people at work today talking about going to that. And it's, boy, I tell you what, um, Doc, I. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't claim to be like this wrestling expert, but I really enjoy the sport. I love watching it. Um, I'm a fan of the sport. Um, it seems like he's got that thing rolling. You're a little more up close. I mean, do you, do you feel the same way? I definitely do. Uh, I, I
4: think being outside the program a little bit, I think that they have a chance to be a top five program in the next couple of years and stay that way for a long time. And you know, Coach Campbell talked about being a multi-sport athlete and, uh, you know, the, the mental toughness to get out of wrestling is awesome, and it can only help you as a football player.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. It, th- that was a really great quote Campbell put today. Um, I looked at it. We're, we're That thing's been viewed like hundreds of thousands of times on our Psycho and Fanatic social media platform, so it it absolutely resonated with, with a lot of people. So, um, are you going to Morgantown, Doc? I am leaving tomorrow morning. Do you like Morgantown, Bloom, and I love Morgantown. Love it, we were just talking it. about it.
4: Uh, I'll tell you what. Every, I've been, this is my third trip out there, and I don't know if there's some romanticism I have with the idea of some moonshine still yes. over the hills. But every time we are there, and I'm, we're driving, you know, out to the, uh, the hotel, I'm always wondering: Is there a still on
3: the other side of that timber? <laughs> <laughs> we need to find it if there is. I know.
0: Yeah, Doc, it, it, it's a cool spot, but it, it makes for a great atmosphere yeah, when it comes to football sure. too. Like I, I think Iowa State's a lot better team than West Virginia, but it's um, they're definitely going to have a great home field advantage. But as far as the the guys go, I, I continue to be, and this is all on on you, I guess. Still a pretty healthy year for the Cyclones altogether, right? Uh, absolutely. I, you know, we've had uh, two
4: sort of season many injuries is all, which is, you know, pretty low number for October typically. And um, I really think that the, the training staff and the coaching staff and the strength and conditioning staff, those three units are all in sync about what they're doing, how they're doing it, taking care of the kids.
0: Well, Doc, we, we appreciate you, man, and um, keep bloom in line. Yeah. Save him and, from uh, the moonshine. Yeah, keep him in line in Morgantown. <laughs> we uh, we appreciate it. You guys uh, you guys do a lot to to support us here, and we are try and send people up to the McFarland Clinic. So, thank you very much for your time, Doc. And tell your colleagues hello for us, okay?
3: Yep. Yep. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks, Doc. All right. Appreciate it, Doctor Warmy, uh, up there at the McFarland I, Clinic I, in have, Ames.
3: I have been offered moonshine in Morgantown before.
2: You should see if you guys can find a still so that you can. Uh, so so that you guys can get on that show. What is that show that's like on the Discovery Channel where they They like hunt for moonshine. Well yeah, no, they like it's with the guys who make the moonshine. Really? They like to move uh, their stills all around and stuff like that to these different like streams. Yeah,
0: I don't watch the show, I just drink the moonshine. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Oh, believe me, I know.
0: <laughs> Jared's had a bad night <laughs> at my house when I pulled up.
3: I, I I love it. It's my uh, favorite thing to
0: drink, to be honest. Let's see if yeah. I
3: make the air for Saturday.
0: Yeah, I uh I buy this moonshine when I go down to the Lake of the Ozarks. There's this little place. It was like cherry or something like that. Well, oh, you can gosh. get all kinds of the, – there's yeah. butterscotch. They got the, the straight stuff. They got every kind of moonshine you want. But I always stock up when I'm down there to, and I bring wait, it back you gotta up. You
3: got to bring it here to Whiskey River maybe well, if they allow it. Yeah, I, I bet <laughs> Joe would let me
0: bring see. a bottle in here. All right, um, Tim Mullen from Nebraska Furniture Mart is out. You're Tim today.
2: It's not as fun as being you or Bloom. Why? Because <laughs> Tim just like – I love Tim. Tim's a good you know, just a genuine but I, good guy. I can't like copy his mannerisms in the same way that I can copy you guys. That's fair. That's fair. But what's uh what
0: we we got about five minutes to make these yeah, picks. I know, I know. All right,
2: Chris, you're still
0: way in, in, Dude, in I, last place. I'm just, One and
2: six last week. Tim went four and three, Bloom went three and four. No, Bloom I went three lead. and three last week. Oh wait, is that yeah, am you're I reading, at the wrong thing? You're
0: reading the previous week. Oh, okay. It well. doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: Whatever, lesson, all right. I'm here's okay. our here's the picks for this week. Uh, first game. One of the big games of the weekend, a 7 p.m. kick in the SEC, number seven Florida, on the road at Death Valley at LSU. Chris, what do you think? Well, what's the line? Uh, minus 13. Um, LSU. Really? LSU big.
0: Yeah, Florida, the week schedule. Yeah. The, last week's game was a little bit fluky, in my opinion. A couple of big plays that skewed it. Uh, LSU. I, I like the back door here. All right. That's fine. I mean, it's, yeah. L- it's SEC. You know, Florida's got dudes. Yeah, uh,
2: I'll, I'll
0: take, I'll take I'll LSU take by seventeen. Okay. Florida.
2: Yeah, Tim's taking Joe Burrow, Heisman candidate uh, LSU. Ames native in, uh, in Baton Rouge, Nebraska on the road at Minnesota. Seven and a half point is uh, seven and a half point I, favorite. Gophers, six
3: thirty kick. I'm not rowing the boat yet. I think that's the most overrated team. Dude, in the country. they played nobody. They played zero, and I don't. I don't put a lot of faith in. Scott Frost in that squad, but I think they got guys. I think they're. I think that team's as underachieved as anybody I else. To. I think Nebraska's good. I wouldn't be surprised Nebraska wins this outright.
0: I but their quarterbacks hurt. But I don't necessarily know if that's. I don't a bad know if that's a bad thing at this thing point. Yeah. I I told Jared earlier today. Like I keep playing Nebraska, Same. thinking that like they're gonna and I'll do it again. I'll <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, I'll ride the hook and I'll. I'll take Nebraska reluctantly. I don't like either of those teams. I I think both of them have been totally overhyped. I don't think either are very good, but I'll I'll take Nebraska.
2: Tim is taking the Huskers as well at Minnesota. We're going 0-3 there. A big game this weekend in Iowa City. The Penn State Nittany Lions, number 10 team in the country, coming in to take on the number 17 Hawks. Five-point favorites is Penn State. 6.30 p.m. at at Kinnick Stadium. Bloom, what you got?
3: By watching these two teams... One's clearly better, but history tells me to take Iowa here. History it just tells really it. does. Okay. It's a it's a it's a field goal game. I think Penn State's got more talent. I've not been blown away with Iowa, but it's home. It's a night game in Kinnick. Sorry, I, it is what it is. I just feel like both
0: of these teams, like their defenses, have put up all these gaudy numbers, but they haven't really played any good offenses. I mean, Iowa c- contained Iowa State. Fairly well, so I'll give them that in the red zone. But, yeah, in the red zone, but Iowa State still moved the ball right. all all day long. I'll I'm, I'll absolutely take five points in yeah, Iowa. This so. could be a field goal game, yeah. but especially with the number then, being at like forty, so
3: this is what this game's going to be. Honestly, it's going to be like twenty-one seventeen. I think both will move the ball. But it's going to be one of those low possession types, yeah. you know. So I like the I like the five there.
2: Tim must hate the banana uniforms he's taking Penn State. Okay, uh, Texas Tech on the road at number twenty two Baylor. The Bears, ten point favorites, three p.m. kick in Waco. This is a classic
0: team like Baylor's
2: Finally getting love, they'll have a letdown. Uh, Matt
0: uh, Wells is a really good coach. Baylor will win, but not by more than ten.
3: I saw Baylor up close. We'll see three o'clock game if Tech is able to bring tents or not. But <laughs> throwing I, some shade. I, I think Baylor well, literally could, sh- yeah, yeah. Or, or no shade. Yeah, no here. shade. Um, no, I think Baylor's good. I, I like do, them by more than ten. I,
2: I think they're fine, but I like them by more than okay. ten. Okay. Tim- I don't
3: know what Tex quarterback situations are. Tim's like.
2: taking Texas Tech. Jet Duffy, man. Yeah. The Cyclones go on the road to Lubbock next Jet. week uh, number <laughs> six, Oklahoma. Number eleven Texas at the Texas State Fair in Dallas, eleven A.M. Pick
0: real, real quick here. This game, like Texas always covers. They do as an underdog. They do, but like the way it sets up yeah. and the way like they're all hurt. Yep, and what Oklahoma does well. Yep, this screams twenty-four point yep. Oklahoma win. However, Tom Herman thirteen and three outright as an underdog. Give me Texas. No,
3: so somebody texted me and was like, hey, I got I got Oklahoma in a teaser here. They're, or I got Texas in teaser. They're not going to lose by any more than 25. I'm like, don't touch it. No. I, I think this gets out of hand.
0: I think it could, too, but I'm I'm just playing the percentage. Give me Tim,
2: a, OU. Tim is taking OU, 10.5-point favorites. And then our game of the week, Iowa State on the road at West Virginia. We will preview this game in the next segment. Re- Chris and Rob talk to Brad Howe, who does radio I'm, out in
3: West Virginia. Definitely taking Iowa State here. Bloom. I like a seven-point spread. All right. Late touchdown.
2: Tim's taking West Virginia. We'll talk more about this game. Chris and Rob talk to Brad Howe on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show when we come back on the Moines Sports Station, 1460 of me. Hey, Cyclone fans. It's Chris
0: Williams. You've heard our Friends from the Iowa pork producers, they've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years. And I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have. But these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, You know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and, don't forget about this, so you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. Hey fanatics, it's Chris Williams here wanting to tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart. Did you know they moved into that new location? It's located at 156th and Hickman, still in Clive. What does this mean for you? Well, there's a beautiful new showroom. It's got all of your appliances, your audio and video needs, flooring needs, top of the line appliances. I actually, wife and I bought a couple of those LG washer and dryers from there. We love them flooring they did our floor lowest price in town guaranteed they've doubled their warehouse capacity that means more in-stock items than ever come out and see the store in clive meet with their highly trained and friendly sales staff whether you're updating your current home building a new one nebraska furniture mart has what you're looking for head on out see my friends at nebraska furniture mart and clive you'll be very happy that you did Hi, this is Dr. Thomas
4: Greenwald, board-certified orthopedic sports medicine physician. For over 25 years, I've taken care of ISU athletes and am an official team physician of Iowa State Athletes. I'm a proud supporter of Cyclone Nation. As an orthopedic surgeon, I specialize in musculoskeletal care for athletes of all ages, from high school to collegiate athletes to adult weekend warriors. Trust McFarland Orthopedic Sports Medicine and my colleagues Dr. Buck and Dr. Warmi and I for extraordinary sports injury care and rehabilitation. Visit us on the web at McFarland plomandsportsmedicine.com. Go Cyclones!
2: I feel so close to you right now. It's a force field.
0: Alright guys, welcome back to the Thursday Thesis Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Of course, you can watch us on Facebook Live as well. We try and get um, I don't know, somebody who knows the opposition really well to come on this every week. And West Virginia is always perfect because my buddy Brad Howe is down there Uh, I don't know, down there, over there in Morgantown. He hosts a sports talk show that's statewide in the state of West Virginia on a nightly basis. He's been there for a really long time. He has connections to Iowa. And um, I don't trust anybody with um, West Virginia stuff as much as this guy. So, hey, Brad, how are you, my friend? you doing okay?
1: Chris, thanks for the introduction. It's great to talk to you guys. And, and you're right, as a proud Valley High School graduate, a Wartburg College graduate. Uh, yeah, my ties to Iowa run deep. My mother's still back there. She listens to you guys in the afternoon. So, yeah, so it's a pleasure to talk to you again.
0: Uh, it's good to have you, buddy. And I, I, I just got done, and, and clearly you didn't hear it because we just called you. But I, I want to give you a really quick just view of what I think West Virginia football is right now from an outside perspective. It reminds me a lot of Campbell's first year at Iowa State, where you just knew um, that there was going to be a change. Any, anytime you have a head coaching change, there's culture differences. It, it just takes a while. You can talk about spring ball, we can talk about fall camp, but it really doesn't start to manifest until you go on the field. And I, I feel like West Virginia. You know, they started off, and they, and, and you had to. And good, for, good for West Virginia. They won a lot of the tough games early on where the transitions kind of taking place but I you know what Brad I, I watched West Virginia last week four turnovers by the quarterback a good Texas team that a lot of people think can win the big 12 top 10 nationally in my opinion and the Mountaineers didn't quit I, I'm not crazy about like their their team this year I don't I don't know enough about it to be an expert, but that's the one thing that stuck out to me, man, and I, it's why I think Iowa State's going to be in for a tough game on Saturday is the Mountaineers did not quit, and Neil Brown has to be really happy with that. How, how is that for uh, a an analysis of, of that football team from the state of Iowa?
1: Yeah, and as usual, you're you're right on top of it, and it's funny, we recorded a podcast earlier this morning and drew some similarities between Matt Campbell and Neil Brown. I think, I think starting with Brown, West Virginia's got – Got It's Matt Campbell now. It's got a guy that's, that's really sharp, that's buttoned up, that's organized, that has the thing from top to bottom. So I couldn't be more impressed with the job Neil Brown and his coaching staff has done since minute one. Since Neil Brown stepped to the podium and accepted this job and talked to fans, he's literally hit every note exactly right on the money. You also nailed it with the team. Listen, you guys – what West Virginia had last year from a skill perspective, although Iowa State absolutely just decimated West Virginia and shut them down last year. But West Virginia lost a lot of skill guys to the NFL and the graduation. So this is is not a reload situation for WVU. This is a total rebuild. And you hit the nail right on the head. Last week, to be honest, was a little surprising to me how well West Virginia hung in there with Mm -hmm. Texas for so long ultimately it was it was the four interceptions and two missed field goals that did in. but they hung around and i think that's the brilliance of, of neil brown and staff they've done something every week to allow west virginia to stay in these games with the exception of missouri west virginia just got its doors blown off at missouri by a bigger more talented team and the offensive line just couldn't handle them but outside of that, you've seen a new little wrinkle from this staff each week that's allowed them to, to basically use, Chris, some smoke and mirrors to keep West Virginia in these games. Because what you're going to see on Saturday when these two teams hook up, West Virginia is just missing elite-level playmakers at this point. So they've got to try and piece it together, find yards where they can, hit plays here and there. Because there just isn't a ton of experienced playmakers on this group yet, so yeah. So basically, that's a long-winded answer to Mm -hmm. you're right around your assessment.
0: Yeah, I like um, I like Brown. There were some things I saw. uh, I I saw that he took his team to like the I want to say like the like some hung out with some coal miners one day. It reminded me of Campbell when the tornadoes came through and the team. I I don't know. He just seems and I was I was blown away with him from um, from the second I saw him at Big Twelve Media Days. I, I don't know. It just seems like a it seems like a really good fit. Well, let's get into the schematics here and talk to me about your quarterback, Austin Kendall, sixty-five percent completion percentage. So, you know, you can chalk that up to some of that's air raid. Your your his his completion numbers. I mean, I think they're going like six and a half yards downfield as the average completion length. But he he has the seven interceptions as well. But I, I you know he. I, I still think he's a, he's a nice little quarterback that could, he, he's really West Virginia's only option to go out and win games like that they have on Saturday. But I also know after that four, I know how fans are. They can be a bit fickle after a tough performance like he had on Saturday. Where are you at on Austin Kendall, West Virginia's quarterback?
1: Yeah, so I I think the the assessment there, again, is a pretty good one. The challenge with Austin just is, you know, and to to go back and give you a little history of him, he's the backup quarterback at Oklahoma for a few years before transferring in as a grad transfer shortly after Neil Brown arrived. That was one of the first things Neil Brown did was go out and secure Austin Kendall transferring from a guy that sat behind Baker Mayfield, sat behind Kyler Murray, and then, oh, by the way, here comes Jalen Hurts. So you talk about a kid with just incredibly bad luck to sit behind two Heisman winners and then see Jalen Hurts come in. So, yeah, so you're looking at a guy who is a, a, let me say it this way, a serviceable quarterback, and you saw him last week put up some good statistical numbers outside of the four picks against Texas. But basically, you're dealing with a really inexperienced guy here. Yes, he's been around Oklahoma. Yes, he's been around those high-powered offenses. But he just hasn't taken a lot of snaps. So what I'm seeing in Austin Kendall is a guy that each week is getting a little more comfortable in the position, as you would expect for a guy that just needs to get some snaps under his belt. He's starting to see things better. He can scramble a little more fluently than he did early on, but the short passes are what they're doing with him right now to keep him comfortable. So that's the thing I think you'll see. With Greer last year, West Virginia was constantly trying to push the ball down the field and look for big explosive plays, and all the stats last year backed that up. This is a totally different West Virginia offense in that they're having to, to chew up yards in shorter chunks They haven't found a deep game yet. The running game has really struggled. I know you'll get to some of those questions, too. We'll get into the offensive line. But Kendall in particular, getting better, getting more comfortable, but certainly not a guy that's ready to just put the team on his back and say, clear the way, I've got this, I'm Mm -hmm. winning the game
5: today. Hi, Brad. Rob Rob Gray here. Um, I'm curious about what you think of Iowa State's defensive line, which has been identified as – you know, borderline elite, certainly one of the big 12, statistically speaking, and it helps having having the second level and third level be as good as it has been the last couple of years. But given what you're trying to find on the offensive line at uh, West Virginia and uh, the talent that Iowa State's shown, especially with that anchor in the interior, Ray Lima, how concerned are you that they're going to be able to create some havoc and even with short passing game, uh, get Kendall uncomfortable?
1: Yeah, Rob. On a scale of one to ten, tending the most concerned, I'm probably about a fifty. <laughs> West Virginia, when it comes to that, yeah. and and guys, honestly, some of that's probably the the PTSD that has come in from last year's yeah. performance. I'm still yeah. absolutely stunned at how good Iowa State was last year defensively, and just how poorly West Virginia and its staff reacted to that defense. I mean, I get that Iowa State was really good defensively, and they did some some wonderful things scheme wise, but to have all of those weapons. And not be able to muster anything, that's a scary proposition now moving into this particular unit that, as I just said, is nowhere nearly as high powered offensively and is, and is quite frankly offensive line below average. This offensive line has been a work in progress coming into the season and then it got completely scrapped and redone as, as West Virginia got into week three. So that to me is, is the first, second, and third matchup to watch in this game. Watch the defensive line for Iowa State that you just said and you guys know so well is is borderline elite, if not elite, going against a really inexperienced offensive line at West Virginia. That I mentioned that Missouri game earlier, where West Virginia just got manhandled up front and West Virginia couldn't do a thing. I haven't seen WV play a game that poorly in a number of years when it just got outmanned and outgunned on the on the line of scrimmage, and that's my biggest concern for WV coming into this. You're talking about a a center that's played in three games. We're talking about one of the starting guards that's played in four games and was a defensive tackle last year. Another one of the starting guards was a center to start the season, then they moved him back to guard, and they moved him to second-string guard, and now he's back at the starting guard. So West mm-hmm. Virginia's offensive line has had a ton of problems, and that to me is if West is going to get beat and even get beat badly, it's going to happen because of the up-front guys.
0: Brad, on the, on the other end, Iowa State's offense really has been good all year, but it's stalled. It hasn't been able to create the amount of points needed. I mean, that's where the two losses come from. But if you look at it as a whole, you know, they're top five in yards per play. They're just doing all these things well. It really all kind of uh, blew up in a positive way last week against TCU. I think the feeling up there is that there's some sustainability here, and that Iowa State could have one of the better offenses in college football behind Brock Purdy. But I'm looking at West Virginia's defense. I know how much there is to replace from last year's team. The one thing that stands out to me, though, you got two really good cornerbacks in Morgantown, um, and that that's a good um, building block. It, it, I, I don't know. It seems to me like everything they're doing kind of goes through those two corners. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, the defense has been interesting this year because the, the past few years under former defensive coordinator Tony Gibson, West Virginia was a an odd front, a three three five defense that, that really relied on a defensive line to just chew up blocks and turn some of those linebackers loose to make plays and then hope you could stay with people on the back end. This year under Vic Koenig, it's switched philosophies and it's asking the defensive linemen to be more playmakers. So if you start to look down some numbers, West Virginia defensively has done a nice job getting sacks and getting tackles for losses. And those are coming from the guys up front. Most notably, you'll see the Stills brothers, yeah. Darius and Dante, both really homegrown guys they yeah, had just down the road, 15 minutes from Morgantown. Their dad was a standout here at WU and played in the, the NFL for a number of years. So, Both of those kids, one a junior, one a sophomore, Dante and Darius, you'll see their names a lot. They'll make some plays. They're very, very good. And then, yes, skip over the linebacker area and Mm -hmm. move to the back end, and you're referring to Keith Washington and Hakeem Bailey. So those are two guys that came into this season, and I actually had Bailey in my top five biggest question marks for West Virginia, and what I meant by that was if Hakeem Bailey was very good at the corner position, then West Virginia had a chance. Washington was good last year. I felt he would be very good again this year and has been. Bailey was the question mark. A guy with very good skills, good speed, good cover skills, but would lose confidence very easily. The former staff used to talk about if he had the confidence that you need in that corner position, you're looking at an all-conference-type performer. Well, up to this point, he's been excellent. So you're right. Both corners have been very good, and that's allowed West Virginia's defense to hang in there as those up-front guys get some pressure. Last week was the biggest test, because admittedly, coming into that game, they really hadn't had to face a talented, really good quarterback outside of Kelly Bryant at Missouri. And again, that game was such a blowout, Bryant didn't have to do anything. But West Virginia did it actually a pretty good job on Sam Ellinger. If you, if you look at his numbers from last week, he had one of the worst games he's had mm-hmm. in the last 10 or 15 games, but ultimately he made a few plays with his feet when it counted, and that put the game out of reach. So I think that's the concern moving forward this week is, if you look at, at Purdy as a similar type of quarterback, it hurts you with the arm and the feet, even if West Virginia hangs in there and plays pretty well, Purdy's ability to make plays happen with his legs is what's concerning this defensive unit.
0: Yeah, and then last but not least, I know you're not a meteorologist, but we're we're all a little bit scarred <laughs> by really terrible weather for, it seems like, every Iowa State football game this year. and. Sure enough, I pull up the Morgantown forecast for Saturday and seventy percent chance of rain. Um, do you th- do you do you think that impacts anything at all? And again, like we are just so scarred here because the weather has been terrible for every Iowa State game. It seems like all season long. But um, does rain help hurt? I, I don't know. Does that impact the game at all? If, if that if indeed that's a problem on Saturday.
1: Well, we've been blaming you all all week for the weather because obviously I, I still keep up with you guys pretty closely. And I've seen what Iowa State has had to go through and Ugh, the, the fans brutal. have had to go through. and, and see me, You're right, see me every one of your games has been unbelievable. Yeah. And here, not to, not to rub salt in your wounds, but last week here was was Chamber of Commerce postcard type of day. Yeah. 70 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, all sun. We've had that same thing all week. The one day there's rain over like a 10-day period is Saturday. Now, if it makes you feel any better, the percent of chance of rain keeps going down each day. So you were at 100. Now we're working our way back. I even saw 60 last night. So by the time you get here, maybe it'll clear its way out of there. But, I I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if that that, that helps or hurts. Maybe it helps West Virginia if that slows the offense of Iowa State down a little bit. Because I I have a feeling if, if West Virginia has any chance of pulling the upset here, I don't think it's going to be you know, 42-38. I think this has to be lower scoring. I'm not sure West Virginia's equipped to get into a shootout with teams like Iowa State.
0: Yeah, and Iowa State's definitely going to push tempo. That's going to be a big thing. When that offense is humming this year, and and it's been humming most of the year, they've been a really fast-tempo team, and I know that's something that they're definitely pushing. So, Brad, thanks, man. I know you got a really busy day, and – really appreciate all you um all your support over the years and it's been great getting to know you and um best of luck um on saturday and we'll we'll talk to you soon okay
1: awesome thanks to you guys as well and i always enjoy being with you so anytime i can uh, help just let me know and we'll talk again soon
0: all right buddy thank you very much brad howe uh he's our guy on the ground down in west virginia really good dude he's been around for a long time and just a good guy rob Iowa connection though you got to love the
5: Iowa connection Valley grad Warberg throw White Warburg in there I mean yeah deep Iowa ties
0: does that change your opinion on this game at all hearing anything Brad had to say
5: um not really I mean I think I I mean that off I mean actually if anything it makes me feel better about this game yeah me too because I. I was not as well versed in the offensive line struggles, not diving into every game. I mean, you can see the scoreboard, what happened at Missouri, yeah. they lost by thirty or whatever. But um to hear interestingly, that's kind of like how Iowa State patchworked its way now to what they hope there's a lot of similarities. You know, the other converted the defensive yeah. tackle at, at one of the guard spots and and all of that. But I mean, given how Iowa State's been performing up front, given the depth they have there. I think they can create some, they can create some real issues for Austin Kendall there. And, and again, when you don't have a playmaker, you can just throw it up to that trust factor's got to be big. And when you, and when you're a guy coming in that's always wanted your chance, your, your natural, uh, tendency is to kind of press a little bit. You want to be the guy so badly, but you got to trust these guys. Maybe a couple of these young guys are guys that can do a lot of yards after catch types of things in this air raids type system with the short passes and then, but they haven't shown it yet. So I mean, it, it. I think their current weaknesses or it coincide well with Iowa State's strength to, to to make Saturday. Now we've seen that before, and things can go the other way, and and vice yeah. versa. But uh, if anything, it makes me feel a little bit more confident that Iowa State can go and get their uh, go get its first road win of the season. Have you uh, made your pick yet? <laughs> I have sent it in, yeah. I can't remember the Go exact ahead. score. Well, I, I, where are you at? Yeah. I, 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 I'm kind of with Vegas. I see it as like a 10 to 14-point game. I think if Iowa State, you know, again, they might bog down a few times in that 35 to 50 range, but uh, they're just so good at executing and getting it down the field, drive after drive, that they're going to put up some points. And I just think West Virginia is going to struggle against this offense, To as Brad said, to, to even keep up. I got 35-20. Okay. So, again, I mean, probably somewhat of a similar 20. game to... thirty-five seventeen, you know, ish. to last week for West Virginia, maybe. Um, you know, that they've got fight, which you, you, you want to see, you need to see. But uh, I think the Cyclones have the talent to build that lead to double digits, hopefully fairly quickly. And then, uh, and then as adjustments are made, yeah, they'll keep coming back at you, but you're able to at least establish a decent little comfort zone. I would take Iowa State to... Cover the spread. If I, yeah, if I I'd had be a little bit on the edge on that, but I, 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 I tend to. I that. was
0: like, if you would have talked to me two days ago, I would have said no. I'd take the points, but after watching that game last night, I just. I think Iowa State's heading in one direction clearly, and I think West Virginia may have a few more weeks before it hits that stride mm-hmm. that it needs to. We'll see. Nonetheless, one of the most difficult places to play in the country. Yeah. So that I, they had that going for them.
5: And shout out to Bloom's column and, and mentioning kind of some of the similarities. Oh, you know, yeah, same it was architect great. For the stadium and no how doubt. it was uh, Jack Price Stadium was the blueprint for, uh, what is it? Pusker Milan, Milan, Pusker State. I can't remember. Yeah. Whatever the name is. Um, They call it Mountaineer Field. We'll just call it Mountaineer Field. But I mean. One of the great um,
0: road trips. If you can get out to Morgantown some year. I mean that sincerely. It's a really. We should do it sometime. It's a really neat area. Seniors. Yeah. Go for it. I love that area. It. um, I, I don't know who I was saying this to earlier. I've gone there with women's basketball a few times. Like, you fly in. Now, there's not commercial flights to Morgantown. You have to fly to Pittsburgh and drive south. Mm-hmm. But, like, when, you, when you're on that charter flight in, it's like you land in between these, like, mountains, and then you look around, and it's just, like, coal mills and stuff. Every Like, it is like you're landing in a different country. But it's so cool. I love... I love Morgantown. It's one of my favorite places that I've ever traveled to and just walk around and talk to people. And they're nuts. Like, they're – that's it, man. Like, West Virginia football is the show yeah. in that state. It's a lot like what we got going on here, except there's no Iowa or Iowa State. It is West Virginia football – and they believe it's a a lot like Nebraska fans, I would say, on a lower level. I mean, there's not as many of them. Yep, yeah. they, don't, they don't have that type of a history. But it's a it's a cool place.
5: But they're knowledgeable. They're passionate. Yeah. That's where, you know, when they tried to make this a riot bowl or whatever, um, it didn't make sense geographically, but not, not that it did for anybody for with West Virginia. But you'd see all these similarities now. It seems like it would be a fun game to just uh, hang out with their fans. I think their fans have had good experiences when they've come up. To Ames as well, so uh, yeah, definitely a trip we're taking and again. As Coach Campbell has said, and as you've mentioned, tough place to play, tough place to win. Um, remember, uh, head up to the game watch at Whiskey River
0: with our friends from Wide Right and Natty Light on Saturday. Uh, apple pie shots forever. so if if I have Iowa State scoring thirty five, can do the math. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of apple pie shots. Let's just say there's 200 people at Whiskey River. How many? That's a 1,000 apple pie shots per Jared Stansbury. That's, a, uh, that's an interesting uh, deal. Indeed it is. Get on out there. All right, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks to Ames Eye, Des Moines Eye Care for sponsoring the Thursday Thesis here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. To our friends watching on Facebook Live, so long.